Welcome to Technology Transfer IP. Technology transfer is the process by which valuable research, skills, knowledge, and technology developed by educational institutions is transferred to industry for development and to products and services that will benefit society. From basic patent licensing to promoting startups, entrepreneurship, and industry collaborations, while also investing in and managing technology developments. We bring you conversations with the leaders in technology transfer who will share their stories, including their successes, challenges, and expectations for the future. Here's your host, Lisa Mueller. Hello and welcome. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with R.K. Narayan, Senior Director, Business Development and Technology Transfer at the Cold Spring Harbor Laboratory. Prior to his time at the Cold Spring Harbor Laboratory, R.K. was a technology manager at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign, an intellectual property and business development intern at Mass General Brigham Innovation, a research scientist at Harvard Medical School and MGH, and a postdoctoral scientist at MIT, Pickauer Institute for Learning and Memory. RK has an MBA from the University of Illinois and a PhD in molecular and cellular biology from the University of Arizona. And with that impressive background, welcome to the podcast, RK. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here, Lisa. Well, thank you so much again, RK, for taking part in the podcast. It's really great to have you here. I generally like to start the podcast off by asking my guests about their journey to tech transfer. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you ended up on Long Island and at the Cold Spring Harbor Laboratory? Sure. I will start the story with coming to this country from India to pursue a PhD at the University of Arizona. In Mani Ramaswamy's lab in Tucson, I studied the molecular regulation of neurotransmission. It's how the brain works by sending and receiving signals using the fruit fly model. Then I pursued a postdoc at MIT's Picor Institute for Learning and Memory, studying mammalian synaptic plasticity, a cellular basis of how memory is formed. I then moved to Mass General and switched gears into neuro-oncology in David Lewis's lab. David Lewis is the chief of pathology at Mass General in Boston. I looked for therapeutic mechanisms to overcome drug resistance in the deadly brain tumor, glioblastoma. While there, I also collaborated with Keith Jones' lab. Keith is a co-founder of Editus Medicine, which is in the news this week, as you know, Lisa, with the CRISPR patents from the Broad Institute, which is making a big impact on the tech transfer world. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the Broad Institute's probably very, very happy right now. That's right. So I had somebody from um, uh, the... Boston Community Broad Whitehead come uh, visit uh, Cold Spring Harbor yesterday and they were saying, oh man, this is big news, but we also make sure that scientific community um, gets progressive on this and uh, everybody works together. Absolutely. Absolutely. Huge, huge development in the last couple of days here on the CRISPR patent situation. Definitely. So while at Mass General, I had the opportunity to do an internship at Partners Innovation, and I enjoy doing both IP and business development. I want to pause here with a word of advice to early career scientists. Think of alternative career opportunities early and often. 
I soon realized tech transfer is a great way to use scientific knowledge and expertise to promote technologies that create a public benefit. I was offered a technology manager position at UIUC in 2014, and I worked with Leslie Miller Nicholson, now director at MIT's TLO. You had a terrific podcast with Leslie, Lisa. Oh, she was a fantastic guest. I really enjoyed having her on. She's an amazing woman. Definitely, yes. I had a great time at Illinois, learning the art of tech transfer. I also started my MBA program while at Illinois and received the degree from the University of Illinois three years ago. I then applied to senior positions and I was offered a position by Terry Willey, now managing director at Indiana University Ventures. Terry also was awesome on your podcast. Yeah, she was another really great guest. Definitely. So Terry chose me to be the director of technology transfer operations at Cold Spring Harbor in fall of 2017. I'm having a terrific time building relationships with the amazing people here, partnering with industry and investors, making deals with a long-term view. I'm grateful for the education and the experiences I gained during my career track. I'm happy to say, Lisa, that I've been recently promoted to Senior Director, Business Development and Technology Transfer at Cold Spring Harbor Laboratory. Well, okay, that's that's quite a journey and uh, congratulations. It sounds like it's, it's definitely well-deserved and um, what a career so far in tech transfer. You've worked with some amazing individuals uh, in tech transfer between Leslie and, and Terry both. And I wanted to ask you, um, I, I think most people, most of the listeners are very familiar with Cold Spring Harbor Laboratory, but could you tell us a little bit about tech transfer there and, and how it works? Yes. Uh, while we are called the Office of Technology Transfer at Cold Spring Harbor Laboratory, we are both a business development and tech transfer team. We are a small office and our focus is on building academic industry partnerships. We work very closely with the 55 investigators at Cold Spring Harbor, as well as the postdocs and students. We start with helping our scientists articulate their ideas. Then we look to package their ideas and focus on the right deal in a collaborative approach. Relationship building is at the core of what we do at the Office of Technology Transfer here. So, RK, I was curious, can you tell us a little bit about how the Cold Spring Harbor Laboratory is funded? Lisa, our research budget is about $150 million. About half of it comes from federal grants, and we receive the rest of the funding from endowments, foundation and private donations, and also from our affiliation with the, the regional healthcare provider, Northwell Health. Great. Thank you. That's super interesting. So, RK, another question I wanted to ask you. I know in academia, Cold Spring Harbor Laboratory is known for its meetings and its courses. And like a lot of things that got interrupted during COVID, I know those did. Can you tell us, are those coming back or or what's the status of those? Yes, Lisa. Um, for the last two years, um, we had gone virtual with our meetings and courses. Um, um, it's... Um, been really engaging with uh, virtual, but we have been missing the in-person presence of meetings and courses at Cold Spring Harbor. But I'm very glad to say 
from March 9th, meetings and courses are back at Cold Spring Harbor. So please check out meetings and courses at Cold Spring Harbor. That's great. That's really good to hear. Really, really good news. And anyone who's interested can can find out more about those on your website, I assume. Great. Yes. Great. Thank you. Now, I'm curious, could you tell us a little bit about your team there at Cold Spring Harbor Laboratory? We have an exciting team, Lisa. Our VP, Andrew Whiteley, who manages the office, brings an extensive industry perspective. Our chief patent counsel, Vlad Drozdov, is also involved in our business development. Then there's me, who is the senior director. We recently hired two new business managers, one an MD and another a fresh PhD, Fahima Nadira and Lindsay Karp. We have another attorney in the team, Cynthia Miller, who manages our transactions. Betsy Han works with me on operations and compliance. Our real boss, though, is Betsy Penagot, <laughs> our executive assistant. Together, we are an eight-person team. We all really work well together. Our team-based approach and scientific and business competence matter both to our investigators and external partners. We are all doers, partnership builders, and we tailor our needs as we go. That's a really impressive team. And it it sounds like even though just eight individuals that you guys are a lean machine, I mean, you have two attorneys and an MD and a a new PhD. So congratulations. It, It sounds like in a really amazing office. And in that regard, I wanted to ask you about um, some of the statistics for your office for, let's say, fiscal year 2021 in terms of licenses, startup companies, invention disclosures, and other metrics. Lisa, the numbers and statistics within each year are not so important to us. We take part in the autumn licensing survey every year, and we had a really good 2021. At Cold Spring Harbor, we take a long-term view of success. Long-term value creation, high-value partnership, and relationships we build with our scientists and partners are important for us. For example, during the pandemic, we executed relationships with Mestag Therapeutics, a Fierce 15 startup based in the UK, and Autobahn Labs, an incubator based in California. We hope the Mestags and Autobahns of today become the success stories of tomorrow, like Ionis. Our relationship with Ionis Pharmaceuticals started with a collaboration between Cold Spring Harbor Professor Adrian Craner and Ionis scientist Frank Bennett nearly 20 years ago in 2004. We are still benefiting from that relationship. So, RK, switching gears a little bit, I was wondering, can you tell us how your office supports startups that come out of Cold Spring Harbor Laboratory? Sure. While we work with the venture capital world for supporting startups, we are excited about our collaborations with life sciences incubators such as Autobahn Labs. The collaboration with Autobahn enables us to catalyze the Cold Spring Harbor's early stage discovery programs into spin-out companies that commercialize transformational new therapies. The collaboration with partners like Autobahn Lisa is essential for continuing research projects with significant therapeutic potential by providing financial backing 
when academic research funds are no longer sufficient or available. We believe this is a thriving model and are exploring more opportunities to expand our discovery research. Such value creation strategies are part of our long-term view at Cold Spring Harbor Laboratory. Now, RK, I want to pick up on something you just mentioned. You mentioned value creation, and I'm curious, what does that mean to Cold Spring Harbor Laboratory? For us, it comes from extracting value from the entire business development and technology transfer process. Funding from sponsored research, including full research operation costs, also known as indirect costs. Financial return from the achievement of milestones, equity participation where applicable, and most importantly, royalty streams. For royalty streams, we emphasize not just royalties on patent claims, but also sharing of value from non-patented know-how of our scientists. We recently announced such a deal with a semiconductor company, Applied Materials, which is spinning out a spatial genomics imaging company called Velenome Biosystems. Value creation for us starts with the initial conceptual idea from basic research converted into a transaction in collaboration with our partners. Lisa, you are a patent attorney, but funnily enough, patents are not where we focus at Cold Spring Harbor. And I was glad to hear that being echoed last week at the autumn annual meeting. Yeah, there was some really good discussion about focusing on social innovations, for example, things that traditionally aren't patented. And and I think we're going to see more of that coming out in the near future here. Yeah, I I remember uh, at the plenary on Tuesday last week, uh, Kirsten Luther of Osage University Partners mentioned this. Don't make IP your priorities. Find other priorities. Absolutely. And I thought she said that very, very well. That's right. So our value creation comes from our relationship building early on in the process and starts with the first week meeting of all incoming principal investigators and sustained interactions with all our PIs. Now, RK, you've mentioned um, some work that you do with external partners. Um, You've mentioned a couple of corporate partners, and I'm sure you probably have some government partners as well. So I'm wondering if you wanted to expand on what you mentioned already about the role that external partners play in tech transfer there at Cold Spring Harbor. Can you give us some additional examples of some relationships with some external partners? Yes. One of the things we had going and which really took off during the pandemic is our technology and innovation partnerships. TIP, a group of industry-focused friends of Cold Spring Harbor Laboratory. We have organized discussions with our stakeholders at the highest level who provide us with expert advice and support because they are committed to our future. We are excited about some of the collaborations that are coming out of TIP. Stay tuned. Just real quick, I wanted to ask you, RK, where are those, uh, those individuals coming from that, that form TIP? Um, most of them are uh, uh, our donors around Long Island, but also uh, other supporters of Cold Spring Harbor around the world. That's amazing. Yes. So another partner is Northwell Health. They are New York State's largest healthcare provider. And our strategic affiliation with them 
as provided as access to cutting edge clinical investigations and enabled Northwell clinicians to work with our world-class basic science investigators. Both these contribute to our long-term relationship building. Wow, that's really impressive. I also wanted to ask you, um, RK, about some of your office's biggest success stories. Um, That can be anything from successful technologies, startups, or anything else you'd like to talk about. Sure. Let me tell you about one of our biggest success stories. I mentioned our relationship with Ionis Pharmaceuticals uh, through Professor Adrian Craner. February 28th uh, was not only double helix day, which is dear to our hearts at Cold Spring Harbor. It was also rare disease day. Cold Spring Harbor, Ionis, and their partner, Biogen, helped launch a treatment for the rare disease, spinal muscular atrophy, SMA, in 2016. SMA patients, most of them, Infants without sufficient SMN protein can die before the age of two. Spinraza is a drug that can fix a splicing error. So the patients are able to make enough of the SMN protein that allows these infants to survive and lead close to normal lives. And that's quite incredible, according to me. That's an amazing achievement. Absolutely incredible. It's a a horrible, horrible disease. Definitely. SMA affects 1 in 10,000 infants worldwide, and more than 5,000 infants have been treated with the drug. Four years ago, we monetized the royalty stream and are reinvesting in high-quality science. Well, congratulations. That's a really great example of uh, a success story that's having tremendous impact. And and I'm sure for those parents of those infants who have that disease, it's totally life-changing for them. So thank you for, for doing that. So, RK, with uh, success also comes challenges. So I'm curious, what would you say are your office's two biggest challenges? Evidently, Cold Spring Harbor's historic strength is in basic research, and it is deliberately designed for this. The laboratory is also relatively small when compared to most research universities. While Cold Spring Harbor punches way above its weight class, sometimes it is even confused with being a federal lab. When you are a basic research powerhouse, it can be challenging to get attention for the amazing high-value ideas at Cold Spring Harbor that are translational in nature. So educating these investors on the benefits of basic research is a constant effort. Innovation at Cold Spring Harbor occurs at a very early stage of traditional value creation. And so by establishing early stage industry partnerships, we expect this will become a thriving model in tech transfer. So, RK, I want to switch gears a little bit and, and ask you about diversity, equity, and inclusion, because this is a very important topic that's being discussed in tech transfer offices all around the world. Can you tell us what programs your office and Cold Spring Harbor Laboratory has to help encourage and assist women and other traditionally underrepresented inventors and entrepreneurs? Yes, DEI is important at Cold Spring Harbor. I'm particularly excited to call out two startups from Cold Spring Harbor Laboratory, Envisagenics and Merimus, who have women CEOs. These New York companies are at a growth inflection point, and we have had relationships with these companies for nearly 10 years. 
the CEOs were both Cold Spring Harbor graduate students. Cold Spring Harbor provides an environment that encourages these types of success stories. We have a group on campus called WISE, Women in Science and Engineering. It works to build a more supportive, collaborative, and equal scientific community for all. WISE was started in 2015 with support from Cold Spring Harbor leadership, and this group of students, postdocs, faculty, and employees has a history that consists of a series of examples that foster positive change within our community. Go check out cshlwise.org. That's really impressive. And the fact that you've had that since 2015 is really fantastic. So I would encourage everyone to please go ahead and, and check WISE out. I think it's, it's doing amazing things. Yes. And finally, Lisa, Cold Spring Harbor has a thousand employees who hail from more than 60 different countries, including Ukraine. Hashtag stand with Ukraine. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're all thinking of them right now. Yes. So since 2019, we have an office of diversity, equity and inclusion that endeavors to ensure that Cold Spring Harbor is an inclusive place to work, train and conduct research. Our DEI office is working with faculty and group leads on topics like implicit bias awareness and stereotypes, culturally aware mentorship practices, and most importantly, fair and equitable hiring practices. Wow. Congratulations. It, it sounds like uh, your office and Cold Spring Harbor Laboratories are doing a tremendous amount to try and move the needle forward on diversity, equity, and inclusion. And that that's fantastic. So thank you for that. So switching gears a little bit again, RK, I wanted to ask you, what organizations are you involved in and what value do you think they add? Lisa, I've been involved with both LES and Autumn. I was honored to speak at LES in 2018 in Boston. It was good to be back in Boston for that. Just last week, we had the terrific 2022 autumn annual meeting in New Orleans. It was great to be there, right? So yeah, yeah. Couldn't agree more. It was fantastic. Definitely. It was great to have it in person after three years and in a city that was excited to have Mardi Gras happen after two years. It was really exciting time. There was a lot going on there. <laughs> That's right. It was really exciting to exchange ideas with old friends and make new connections in person. I've been a member of Autumn since 2014, a volunteer since 2016, and I'm excited to be part of Autumn's Eastern Planning Committee. This year, Autumn Eastern will be in Boston in September, and I'm looking forward to going back there to my tech transfer routes. There is a lot of value added to being part of Autumn. I love Autumn. Not only we get to exchange best practice knowledge with industry and academia, it is a great forum to talk about what we do at Cold Spring Harbor and how we are at the leading edge of the changes taking place in tech transfer. I am really excited about Autumn and its leadership, and we will together do great things. Couldn't agree with you more. I think you said that uh, very, very well. And I'm looking forward to now uh, next year's annual meeting and hopefully uh, many, many more to come. So um, stay tuned for autumn uh, 2023. Definitely. 
So RK, I generally like to close the podcast by asking my guests, if you could have any three wishes granted or a vision realized for your office, what would that be? Lisa, how about enduring relationships <laughs> and a deal for every scientist at Cold Spring Harbor? That would be awesome. Yeah, I have been here almost five years and I know that every one of the 15 new investigators that has come to Cold Spring Harbor during that time has had ideas that the tech transfer office can help pursue. Secondly, as Cold Spring Harbor grows in the next decade, we want to grow the office to be competent in all aspects of innovation management so that we can help develop technologies that lead to game-changing therapies. Finally, Lisa, we want to expand and grow with the New York ecosystem, work along with other New York area tech transfer offices, and be recognized as a premier institution where translational research to benefit society happens. Well, I think those are three great wishes and best of luck to you and your amazing team in getting those realized, RK. I have no doubt you guys will get there. Well, RK, I can't thank you enough for all your insights and time today. This has been an absolute pleasure and it's been delightful to have this chance to talk to you. If any of our listeners want to reach out and ask you any questions, where can they reach you? Likewise, Lisa, it was indeed a pleasure. Listeners can send me an email at narayan at cshl.edu. It's N-A-R-A-Y-A-N at cshl.edu. I'm also active on LinkedIn. Well, thank you so much again, RK. It's been really great to have this opportunity to talk to you. Thank you for listening to Technology Transfer IP. Please visit us online for more resources at techtransferipforum.com. New to Tech Transfer or a seasoned pro? Autumn is the global member organization for Tech Transfer and is here to help you get connected, get smart, and get ahead. Whether you work in academia, research, government, business development, corporate engagement, or startups, Autumn is dedicated to supporting you through education, advocacy, networking, and promotion. Join and you'll receive 20 free live webinars, as well as meaningful discounts on meetings and courses, insider access to a vast network of colleagues to help you through challenges, and a line on new technologies and the university decision makers who license them. Membership is open for 2023. Join us.